I, I can, I can make my, I can make my sentence, I can make my sentence grow. I think a little higher is good. Yeah, like right there. Testicles, one, two, three. Testicles, one, two, and three. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Cut the Foreplay. My name is Nadia Favre. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. Today is a very special day because today is the big day. Reveal day! So the schedule for today goes as follows. Number one. Shimmy. Whoa. Whoa. Shimming without a bra on is uh, an extreme sport. I had this feeling of not being inspired last week, so I got on the interwebs on uh, Twitter, it's Nadia Favory, on Instagram, it's Nadia Favory, in your asshole, it's Nadia Favory, and I asked, hey, what do you want me to talk about? And you guys didn't hold back. You had so many thoughts, so I thought, why not? I'm gonna be submissive. I'm gonna let you put your fist so far up my ass that you get to talk for me. Well, technically, I'll be talking for myself, so I don't know why your fist is in my ass. I, I don't understand why I had to say that. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Nadia, you're such a daddy though. When are you ever submissive? Now, motherfucker, okay? Because sometimes I gotta let other people take the reins and this is the time where the sometime is happening. It's now. Woo, the shimming is so free. <laughs> Once you get past the awkwardness of doing it braless, it's kind of like fantastic. So let's start now. The first question that I got from you guys is, is cereal a soup? And I didn't want to start with a question that was so serious, but damn, you hit me hard with that one. I've never thought about that. Is cereal a soup? Is cereal a soup? Why am I saying it so many times? Because I need it to make sense. Is cereal a soup? I think yes. I think cereal is a cold breakfast soup. Is cereal a soup? Is cereal a soup? Is cereal a soup? Another question that I got, rather a comment or a firm instruction is, you mentioned Jackie Chan Adventures on an earlier episode and gave me nostalgia. I'd like to hear about those forgotten shows that were too good in their era. Ooh! This is a good date question. You want me to fall in love with you? Just ask me about content. <laughs> That's all it is. God, also like really up yours to, to people that are like, I actually only like to watch theater, live productions and plays because that's where the culture is. Like, shh, my dick. <laughs> that's not true. Content gets to evolve. People in the fucking 1800s didn't have television, so only the elite got to consume wonderful literature. And I know, yes, there are some shit things out there, but there are also some shit things back then. Things that get trickle down in the future are only going to be the nice thing, so you just happen to be witnessing the bad thing, so fucking reel it in, you little bougie piece of shit. Regressive fuckwad. Television is spectacular, and done the right way, it changes lives. Same with music. Can't tell me a live band is the only thing, and then you can't go home and listen to your Apple music? Get out of here, you cum dumpster. Oh gosh, is the theater. Fucking twat. So, solid question. Let me just answer this for you real quick. Uh, here's a list that I prepared for you off the top of my head, honestly, because I could go longer. We should have an episode where I just talk about nostalgia. I think nostalgia is great for people with anxiety because you kind of know how it ends. I'm still here and I'm still alive and I'm still a snack, but the future, so many possibilities, you know? Like, am I still gonna be a snack? That's all I'm wondering. 
Ready, steady, cook. I don't know if you remember this show, but it was two teams, red and uh, blue, and they had to just race to make a treat. It sounds so silly, but it was fantastic. And I think it's still running in the UK, but you know, I want the nostalgic version. Number two, global guts. Do you have guts? That was a fucking show. Let me tell you, is people around the world, like kids, go and represent their country and they do a bunch of sporty activities. And as a human being that's a sporty gal, I know you can't see because of my tiny wrist, but keep in mind my legs started my throat, so running. Run like a Kenyan, honey. I thought I was gonna end up there. I thought I was gonna go and represent Kenya. I didn't, clearly. I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I'm st- Maybe one day. I don't think I can go as a 30-year-old and also that show isn't even airing anymore. Another one that broke my heart is Legends of the Hidden Temple because I also thought I was going to be on that show. The Orange Iguanas, the Blue Barracudas. Omek, can you put three seconds on the clock, please? That was such a good show. But also, in hindsight, watching it as an adult, I'm like, the end, the, the big obstacle that they had was that they had to put together the Shrine of the Silver Monkey, and it's only three pieces, but those fucking children couldn't do it. Children are so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, they're also little angels. You know, it's so tough. I don't know where I stand on that one. I'm so glad none of you asked me the children question. You only have 10% of your viable eggs. When are you going to get together with a good Indian doctor and procreate? Never. Asked it. Answered it myself. Oh yeah, Nostalgic Shows. Figure It Out was another one that I really liked. Uh, It's when a bunch of kids went on there and the hosts or the panel had to guess what their hidden talent was. And I thought my hidden talent was going to be that I could make fake grumbles in my stomach because I really can. Obviously, I cannot mention those shows without mentioning the following Amanda show, all that. Kenan and Kel, absolutely perfect sketch comedy for kids. Brothers Garcia was another one that was uh, the best. They'd always be like, little for the familia, everything for the family. And I, I don't know why they're Russian. They were actually Mexican. Yeah, I think. I think. I'm not really sure. I don't know. As told by Ginger, which was an absolute classico. Someone once told me that grass is much greener on the other side. I don't understand why her best friend Dodie always had a cold. She was always like, Ginger, I up. We should do this later. And I'm like. And I'm like, um, you should go see an allergist, honey. I have a good one. She's in Upper Hill. She'll sort you right out. Ace Lightning, a classic. Wacky Races, a classic. Roswell, ah, Dido with the theme song. And then, you know, Katherine Heigl in it. What a fucking win for everyone. Smallville, let's just... (sighs) Okay, let's take a second here because Tom Welling is delicious. I have given a speech many a time where I'm like, in this climate, I absolutely cannot date a white man. It's just too much right now. Listen, all that goes out the window when Tom Welling takes off his shirt. Like, just chop that wood. Let's, you know, what a good visual. Yummers. And then I looked him up because I was like, ah, maybe I'm just exaggerating. Oh my God, a fine wine. You know, I'm gonna be honest. White people age like leather, but Tom... Mm, 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 mm. Give me a slice of that unseasoned pie. It's just him and I at the table every day eating mashed potatoes and steak. <laughs> Hiya, where is the masala? Hey, Tommy, Tommy boy. Yo, Step by Step is another classic. I don't know if you remember it, but I used to love the theme song. Now, the issue is that the theme song goes step by step, day by day. Not in that melody. It just says that, but I never knew how to sing it when I was younger because I'm so Kenyan that I'd say step by step and I'd go day by day and my mind would go, Blue Bun gives you the energy to grow. Blue Bun good start. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) 
There is no way that I could make this list without throwing girlfriends in there because uh, a superb show. Ahead of its time, funny, uh, strong women, women of color, and uh, shout out to my mom who's on there, aka my lookalike, Tracy Ellis Ross. And I know absolutely no one asked this question, but I'm going to answer it anyway. When it comes to nostalgia, this is one of my favorite TV shows. 75% because the theme song is the best theme song in the fucking world, and I have to play it for you. I'm going to play the entire thing, and it's 51 seconds, so sit back, relax, sit along with me. <laughs> How about dreams that you wished you pursued? Oh, my life isn't over yet. I think there's still room for that. It's still audio or audio adjacent or audio derivatives. Um, my actual full, 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 full dream, other than radio, is obviously voice acting. Like, I want to get a sweet gig like Big Mouth or Clone High or one of those, like, sassy, raw, animated shows and play the same character for, like, 10 years straight and just kind of, like, grow with them. Woo! Ooh, I think that shit's so beautiful. <laughs> I don't know what it is. A skill that I wish I mastered or still want to master. I don't know if you know this about me, but I sail for sport and I do have like my first certificate and I want to get my second and my third. I think the third one is that you can actually teach other people how to sail. And the second one is that I get to sail uh, internationally. So I think that's the goal is sometime in life, I'll take six months off and sail from country to country and just be alone and be super tan and sexy and fucking and live my best life having mimosas at fucking seven o'clock. Except I can't have mimosas because I'm allergic to oranges, so it's gonna be straight tequila. I'm probably gonna die on this trip, and I've made my peace with that. This one gets a little bit heavy, but I feel like I have to address it. Someone asked, uh, how do you find your way when you're lost? Ooh, wee, 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 cool, 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 sincerity. How do I find my way when I am lost? I think I had a period a couple of years ago where I was definitely lost in the dark, blind with no possibility of light in said room. And I think what I did, and which is so simple, is that I was kind to myself and I checked in on myself constantly. Um, I think the way we speak to ourselves is is usually quite harsh. And uh, once you change that, you change everything, including like your perspective on existing. Literally talk to yourself like a child all the time and you'll feel taken care of. Even if it's not by other people, you get it from yourself. That's okay, Nadia. You're doing fine, Nadia. Uh, you shit your pants today, Nadia, but you're still cute, you know? And the check-in in is important because I feel like if you are lost and you take a couple of steps forward, you're like, hey, finally, look at that. And you take a couple of steps back and you're like, uh, life is shit again. And that's not the truth. Life is not, you know, a straight line. Steps forward are still steps forward. And when you go back, there's still room for said forwardness again. So it's okay, Nadia. You're going to be okay, Nadia. You're smart, you're kind, you're important, and you got a tight little tush. I don't know if you can tell, but like uh, in terms of how I speak to myself, it's either super sweet or hypersexualized, and sometimes it's both. So <laughs> here for that energy, baby. No. 
Victoria, you sexy son of a bitch. Is your porn search problematic? <laughs> First of all, I'm gonna, I have to tell you this story because like um, when I was working at uh, XFM, which you guys love to mention, by the way, it's a full on cult still and I respect that. Love you guys. Thank you for still being obsessed with it. When I worked at X, I remember I, I got, <laughs> God, I got to work and I sat at my desk ready to do my prep. And when I opened up my computer, all I heard was, ah, ah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, who's watching porn so early? What a skis. Uh, honey, it was me. It was my laptop making that noise because I didn't close the browser from the night before. Oh my God. But is my porn search problematic? Uh, no. No. Because I don't watch porn anymore. And the reason that I stopped watching porn, and this is going to be like, you know, kind of moment, but I want to tell you my truth, which is I read this article about, I think it was Pornhub maybe, that refused to take down a post. This man posted a video, an amateur porn video of him and uh, a woman, and turns out it was rape. And the woman tried to file all kinds of suits to get Pornhub to take it down, but in the end it didn't work out and it's still up there on the internet for... So it makes me think, like, how am I clicking on these things and getting off to them if somebody else is hurt by it, was hurt by it, will continue to be hurt by it, and this is their constant devastation. It's like, I, I wonder if each video is that. I'd rather not. And the good thing about me is that I have no redeeming qualities other than twofold. One, I am a creative lady, and two, I have... Spectacular memory. So put that together, baby. It is the best wank bank you will ever have in your life. Changing scenes and sceneries, different actors, ones that I've visited, ones that I plan to visit. It's aspirational and it's, you know, nostalgic. What would I have done differently in my 20s? Uh, definitely not, you know, gotten off to Pornhub. <laughs> No. Um, uh, what would I have done differently in my 20s? To be honest, my 20s were great. I think they're full of ups and downs and heartbreaks and crushes and, you know, work drama and work success and like big titties, small titties, weight loss, weight gain. I had the full spectrum of my 20s and I respect that I went all out always like uh, there was no holding back for me and I feel like that's still how I conduct myself it's kind of like okay I've experienced something not so nice in the past and I'm like nah fuck it I'm gonna dive in face first still because you can be as cautious as you want about so many things and then you know you step out of your car out of a cab and you get knocked out and you die or you get knocked and then you're a vegetable and you're like hey I wish I masturbated on my balcony you can go and masturbate on your balcony right now I'll wait for you just pause it when you're finished you come back to me okay baby i got your back uh but no to i would never change anything i think yep it was a good time the audacity of people cheating in relationships why don't people just remain single yes i ask myself this question all the time i think i need to get a cheater on the on the show and we could have a conversation i also had this mentality for a very long time and I still do at least variations of it because I have personally never cheated, never cheated and I don't think I would cheat because I like to keep a constant dialogue with myself and with my partner. If I feel like I'm unsatisfied, if I feel like I'm falling out of love, I'd like to mention it. And I know it's not nice to hear, but then at least you don't get a situation where someone's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I fucked 
the nanny. <laughs> but at the same time, I understand being with someone for such a long time and falling out of love slowly and then falling into a hole of being so attracted to someone else that you kind of like, ah, and then make bad decisions. So I, I mean, I don't want to be the person that judges other people. So it's hard. I'm just, it's hard. If you want, if you want to boink other people, just speak to your partner and be like, excuse me, please. I want to be a sausage wallet for someone else or I want to fill someone else someone else's hold you know that way nobody gets hurt and if your partner is like no f off then you f off plenty of fish in the sea but to be honest at the rate that we're going they're all filled with plastic because people aren't going vegan but that's for another day that is for another fucking day i do not have the patience for you today non-vegans could you have dated Johnny Bravo? Oh my God. To be honest, like when I was younger, I feel like I did date a version of him. I dated a very pretty model kind of man, you know, 6'3". Every reflection that he passed, whether it was a puddle or a car, he looked at himself. But like when you look past that, when you spoke to him as a human being, you're like, wow, that's really coming from a place of deep insecurity. So it's like, sure, I want you to be a handsome motherfucker. Better yet, be way more attractive than me. Be a fucking 12. I don't care. Uh, as long as you actually like yourself, then I'm down for that. So Johnny Bravo. Let me think back at the character. Oh, pretty buff, but definitely skipped leg day, I'll tell you. Also, I don't like blondes, so... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go for a no, but maybe we could be buddies and pick up people together. If I fancy you, who pays the dowry? If they fancy me, who pays the dowry? I guess it depends on what culture you're from and uh, very presumptuous because at least ask me on a first date. You know, you only know the Nadia that you hear, that I want you to hear, but you don't know that if we hung out and I took a dump in your apartment that I would wipe and then throw the tissue in the trash as opposed to the toilet. You know, there are people that do that and I found that out at the ripe age of 19 when I lived with other people uh, in an apartment for university. And I don't want to tell you how I found that out because I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna vomit. Let's just, let's just leave that one be. What are you like as a partner? Eek. I did say that I would answer all of your questions regardless because I am being submissive today. So I have to answer this. I'm going to try and do it with a little bit of me being objective and sincere and honest, I guess. Uh, what am I like as a partner? I think I am kind and I want good things for my partner. There's, I don't have a jealous bone in my body. Like many things are wrong with me, but I'm not a jealous gal. Like I think there's sun out there uh, for all of us to get tanned on our titties, you know? The downside Side is that I can be quite detached. <laughs> ah, God, I'm gonna turn red already. Woo! Uh, detached in the sense that, like, your problems are my problems and my problems are my problems. Like, you know, vulnerability is an issue with me. I don't know if you can tell from my existence. I think that's enough. That I think I did a good job. Um... <laughs> Whoa. I want my mama to hold me. Quote. Hi, I'm a big fan. I love you so much. Oh my God, stop. Way to make me feel so cute. Uh, I think you should uh, talk about building a closet for half of Kenya. Wow, yeah, big things. Big things you have just said. Um, I was in the club the other day and I went to the bathroom. I wasn't even two seconds done with removing my wiener. Oh, what a visual. Uh, and a dude tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you look like a snack. All whilst a pool of dudes were around me busily draining alcohol out of their bodies and no one even flinched. Oh my God. I was so 
thrown off course, my penis had to think and rethink if it was ready to come out and do the part of the job. Despite being hit on a couple of times on social media, I've never been hit on face to face by a fellow dude. Wow, congratulations. There is a first for everything. I finished my business and got out of there as fast as I could, not to attract any more bees who want to devour this little flower. <laughs> I'm just finding it so hilarious that you're just sitting there having your cheeky little beer and people are like, I want to tear that ass up. And you're like, ah! <laughs> oh, stay home or come, let me hold you and give you some tea. It's going to be okay. It is finally time for us to start the Horny Book Club! Welcome to the first edition of the Horny Book Club, one of many. This week and for the next few episodes, we're going to be diving into a book called Kissing the Coronavirus. A short story about a female scientist that falls in love with the coronavirus when she's supposed to be curing it. This book is written by MJ Edwards. The first part of this reiteration will be narrated by Levis Ryan, accompanied by Kamal Kaur as the protagonist and Nick Ndetta as the coronavirus itself. So without further ado, turn your lights down low, turn on a candle, set your phone on vibrate, then sit on it and call yourself over and over again as you listen to this. Here's kissing the coronavirus. Dr. Alexa Ashingtonford stared at the test tube between her fingers, her perfectly pink manicured nails clashing with a pale, bubbling liquid inside. She recognized the power she had in her grip. The virus, which had claimed so many lives and which had made her heart beat furiously, like a wild tiger thrashing in its cage, the coronavirus. Despite the devastation the virus was causing across the globe, Alexa felt a rush of excitement every time she picked up the corona sample, like a pulsating, erect penis, desperate to unleash its devastation on anyone who touched it. It had been so long since Alexa had been with a man that the virus was the only thing she could get near to which gave her any sort of thrill. The tickle in her knickers when she worked with the sample was the only sexual release she had experienced since the virus had unleashed hell and taken its hold on the world. And now, she held it in her hand gripped it tight, she bit her lip. Imagine what she could do with it. She rubbed her hand over her breast, her nipple hardened like a tic-tac. Imagine how she would feel if she touched herself with it. Pretty great, Alexa thought. Pretty great indeedly. Alexa lowered the test tube and unbuttoned the bottom two poppers on her lab coat. Pop, pop. She took the test tube and shook it. The bubbling, creamy liquid sloshed against the inside of the test tube. It fizzed up, and Alexa swore she could feel the glass expanding, swelling up and down as she shook the test tube. A shock of electricity coursed through her veins, eventually stopping as it reached her vagina. It was like she'd sat on a battery. Everything tingled and it felt good. But Alexa knew it could feel better, much better. Alexa pulled down her lab pants and pulled her pants to the side. Her pussy so wet that the lace glided across her skin like a fat man on a water slide. She lowered the test tube. As a COVID-19 sample got closer to her, 
she felt the rush. An intense burst from within, like an entire firework display going off at once. She twisted the test tube in her grip, ready to push it inside. She'd done this with so many men who didn't know how to control their own flailing cocks, like they'd had minds of their own and required guidance. Alexa tightened her grip on the tube. She imagined it had veins pumping blood to keep it hard for her. She thought about the power. She touched the test tube to her wet lips. Dr. Ashington Ford, would you mind cataloging these new test samples? Shit. Alexa hadn't realized that her boss, Dr. Gutland, had walked back into the lab. Thankfully, her back had been to the door, or else Dr. Gutland would have seen everything. And that kind of gave Alexa a little rush too. Not that she liked Dr. Gutland. He wasn't the sort of guy she usually went after. She liked big, muscular men who looked like Greek statues, except with huge cocks rather than small ones. Dr. Gatland was small and had a funny mustache, but after having been stuck in a lab with him for so long, so deprived of the feeling of a hot man-dog inside her lubricated pussy bun, she had even considered asking him if he'd be interested in a quick bit of sex to help her get over the infatuation so she could get on with the search for a cure. Because that's what they were there for, not for last-induced sessions with the cause of the pandemic. They were there for the cure, and they were determined never to leave the lab until it had been found. However, Alexa still held a grudge against Dr. Gutland. She still thought about hate f***ing him. Sure, but her pride was more important than a bit of slap and tickle. She knew the vaccine they were waiting to trial on human patients needed just a little more COVID-19 in order for the body to properly build up the necessary antibodies. But would Dr. Gutland listen? No, he would not. When the coronavirus had first taken hold of the people of Wuhan, Dr. Gutland, one of Ohio's top biochemical neuroviral epidemiologists, had asked the core team of doctors to lead a task force to find the cure. There had been four of them at the start, Dr. Gutland, Dr. Ashington Ford, Dr. J, and Dr. Wabul. Then, slowly, the virus had spread across the globe, Asia, Europe, some other places, but most importantly and worryingly, America. Then even more slowly, the virus began to infect the lab. First to succumb was Dr. J, then Dr. Wabu, that was it. And so, Dr. Gutlin became more determined. So determined, in fact, that he had stopped listening to reason. And because Alexa had huge boobies, a thick ass and nice legs, he would sometimes overlook her. Alexa admired him so much, but lately his attitude had gotten in the way of her fantasies. He was definitely marriage material, but he just wasn't what she wanted appearance-wise. She couldn't get over the mustache. She loved beards, and a mustache was only the start of a beard. Like micro-penises are just the start to real penises. You need the rest of it for it to be truly meaningful. And now with this new bad attitude... Dr. Ashington Ford, did you hear me? Said Dr. Gutland. You've been standing there not responding to me for three and a half minutes. Alexa placed the sample back on her workbench and calmly refastened the buttons on her lab coat. Pop. Pop. Yes. I heard you, Dr. Gertland. Said Alexa, turning to face him. I've told you, call me Bob. He said. We practically spend all day and night here. We may as well be friendly. Yes, I heard you. He smiled and his mustache curled upward accentuating the beardlessness of his face. If only he had a beard, and was taller, and had a big cock, and was handsome, and made her wet like COVID-19. So, if you catalog these new samples and the data aligns with what we already have, we might just be ready to trial the cure, 
said Dr. Gutland. Alexa nodded. Yes, Dr. Gut... Bob. She had been working with Dr. Gutland and the others, before they died, on the cure for the virus for weeks. And now, finally, there was a slim chance that they may have found the cure, and Alexa would finally know what it felt like to grasp a cock in her hands again. I'll do it. She said proudly. Dr. Gutlin nodded and left. Alexa didn't waste any time. She tore open the box of samples and began running them on the samplometer. Each sample came up positive, and each matched up with the results they had previously obtained from the other samples that they had sampled. This was great news. But Alexa knew she had to replicate the results against the original sample. Any excuse to hold that powerful beast in her hands once again? She didn't need to be asked twice. Alexa took the creamy, bubbling COVID-19 sample from the workbench, holding it close to her quivering breasts as she returned to the samplometer. She ran the sample and it came out exactly as she had hoped. This was perfect. It meant they'd be able to run the trials for the cure. Unless... Alexa flounced across the lab, her blonde hair wafting lavishly to Dr. Gutlin's workstation. She opened the cabinet containing the trial vaccines and took out the test tube containing a bright blue liquid. The cure. She knew there wasn't enough COVID-19. She just knew it. So, if the trials were about to begin, she knew what she'd have to do. And she decided, because she knew it, that she'd have to take action. Alexa opened the test tube filled with the trial vaccine. Pop. She opened the tube filled with the coronavirus sample. Pop. Alexa stared at it. The creamy liquid bubbled and popped like a fresh bowl of Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, pop. Even the sound of the virus made her ovaries clash together like cymbals. It was so powerful, so strong, so deadly, which was why it had to be stopped. Slowly, 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 Alexa raised the sample of the COVID-19 so the virus near the edge of the test tube. She only needed to add a drop. She was one of the best scientists around, so was confident a drop would be all it would take to make the vaccine perfect. Just one drop. There. Alexa had done it. She replaced the lids on each test tube and returned the vaccine to the cabinet. Dr. Gutland would never need to know Alexa had made the changes. They'd run the trial by the medical council, get approval, then in a few months they'd administer the vaccine to the test subjects around the country and monitor how they reacted. Once the trials were a success, which of course they would be, they'd use the original vaccine to create more and more and more to use across the world. It would be a waiting game, but Alexa knew it would be worth it. After 30 minutes, Dr. Gutlin returned to the lab carrying boxes of medical supplies. His face was red and his eyes sunken, like he was desperate for sleep. But they couldn't sleep, they had lives to save. How were the new samples? He asked. Alexa couldn't hide her smile. Oh, perfect. Dr. Gutlin's eyes widened. Seriously? Yes. Well then, we can do it. We can start the trial. Alexa smiled. No, we're skipping approval from the medical council, said Dr. Gutland. Alexa's heart fluttered like it had done the time she'd fucked the farmer's cross-eyed son and uncrossed his eyes. What do you mean? She asked. Dr. Gutland dropped the boxes and marched over the vaccine cabinet. He threw open the door and grabbed the vaccine. The very same vaccine Alexa had added an extra drop of COVID-19 to. I'll do it, he said. Alexa gasped. Doctor, no! Alexa, please, call me Bob. Alexa gasped. 
Bob, no! Yes, Alexa? He said sternly. He took a syringe out of his lab pocket and popped off the lid of the test tube. Pop. Then, Dr. Gottlin dipped the needle into the vaccine and drew the blue liquid up into the liquid-holding part of the syringe. Bob, you can't, said Alexa, grabbing his bicep. It was so small, so weak. Alexa, I can, he said. You, you, you might die. Better me than some helpless children. Dr. Gottlin rolled up the sleeves of his arm. I have to do this, Alexa. I have to do this. Alexa, I didn't tell you this before, but I have the coronavirus. <laughs>